The second innings. Dhru looked out of his window longingly, with an inestimably restless heart and an aching hand. The cannula had been in his vein for two days now, and the brutal medicines have done quite like thrombophlebitis, causing sharp jabs of pain to him. The window above his head offered no view, yet he could hear his friends playing cricket outside, sharing friendly banters and screaming in excitement. Heretofore, he was always part of this boisterous playing group nicknamed Little Devils, but today he could get a faraway feeling of the game coming through and dampened by the glass pane. His trip was the only thing that tied his body to the bed. Otherwise, his mind was all there in the park. He could identify each voice. Run, run, one more run, he could hear Sunny holler at Vicky. He could visualize chubby Vicky breaking a sweat to run for the second run, cursing Sunny under his breath. Dhruv could feel the excitement of the game seizing him. Lying on his bed, he was getting edgy now. If it weren't for the nurse sitting on a stool nearby, he would have by now pulled out his cannula and rushed downstairs. This was the second time in last week that he was tied to the bed in this fashion. He hadn't quite understood so far what's wrong with him. Just to correlate, he recalled the other evening, around 15 days back, when he collapsed while playing. He was rushed to the nearby hospital, where he was kept overnight under precautionary measures. But it all changed after that. The faces of his parents were drawn long and their words laconic since then. While talking, they both avoided eye contact with him. His mom's eyes were quite boggy the next morning. Perhaps she did not get enough sleep at night sitting in the hospital. And then it all started. The string of frequent hospital visits, all kinds of medical examinations and scans. At the age of six, Dhruv had seen it all. His fear and anxiety related to hospital visits, which otherwise a six-year-old would have, was gone by now. He couldn't make out much of what was wrong, as his parents would abruptly stop discussing on sensing his presence. The long-winded talks during exposition by his parents, however, revealed that he had some serious medical condition. Dhruv did not understand the gravity of the seriousness as none of his parents cried in front of him. So far. He was a walking encyclopedia of the Indian cricket as well as foreign teams, both past and present. However, it was not enough to know the meaning of leukemia or even blood cancer as spoken in common parlance. His father Nitin, being a doctor, a clinical ophthalmologist, opted for domiciliary chemotherapy. It was convenient for all. For Dhruv, leukemia meant something like typhoid or similar kind of solemn illness other than the common cold, which would be elevated after a few shots of the medicine. This was the impression created systematically for Dhruv's understanding by his parents and the treating doctor. However, he guessed something more sinister was underneath. But for now, that was what told to him, nothing less. In the first place, he couldn't understand the dilemma with something called WBCs being increased in his blood, something he overheard his father talking to his brother one day on the phone. Though he felt quite okay health-wise, feeling slightly breathless occasionally, and that too eased after stopping to play for only a couple of minutes. 
The reason, which was beyond his grasp, was that he was told to stay at home for at least fifteen days. Rather than being grounded, wistfully, he felt a surge of hopeful effervescence, carrying happily the splitter of suspicion with him, and had a respite from the humdrum of school. He saw the tree that stood outside his window. The gulmohar was standing in its autumn nakedness, devoid of any leaves, starting to show up orangish-red tufts splattered on a few branches, the same time when the World Cup would be at its peak. But for now, the February fog caused the outline of the tree to be hazy, which was pressing hard on the closed window pane. Thinking of cricket made him feel excited. It always did. In a couple of days, the World Cup was to commence, and he would see all his stars in action. His favourites were Sachin and Yuvraj from India, and he liked Ponting and Vakar from international cricket. But one player he worshipped as God was M.S. Dhoni. He had a good collection of Dhoni memorabilia, t-shirts and stationery items. Sonu, his best friend, while playing with him, used to refer him as Dhoni, due to his craziness for Dhoni. His bat, t-shirts, bat, pencil box, poster in his room, everything was about Dhoni. Kajal, his mother, entered the room to check how much of the ivy fluid was left. The nurse, who so far was occupied with her mobile, stood up sharply and realized that the fluid in the bottle was almost finished. She capped the cannula and removed the drip from him. Dhruv looked pleadingly at his mother, but an austere face was all that he got that caused the possibility of him going out to play vanished in the somberness of the room. Okay, at least you can you pick that book from the table, he said insolently. The Dhoni one? she asked despite knowing. Yea. Dhruv, how many times have you read this? she said while handing over to him. Mom, please read it for me. I love it when you read it, he pleaded. Kajal couldn't say no to her son. She by now had memorized this book from cover to cover, but still she loved doing it one more time. She once asked him in a moment when she could restrain his coltish self in her lap and make him talk candidly to her. What do you want to become in your life? Dhoni, he replied innocently and instantly. But for that, you will have to study a lot. Then I will. But he got a little confused as to what kind of studies would help him in learning to bat like Dhoni. The following week saw things change very rapidly. Dhruv's condition deteriorated in the ensuing days, and he started showing clear and urgent signs of the illness. The medicines just didn't seem to work, and he needed to be shifted to second-line medicines, which had far-reaching side effects on the body and could be administered only in an ICU in a hospital setting. By now, both Nithin and Kajal had realized that things were rapidly slipping out of their hands and had gone to a realm where prayers and miracles reigned more than medicines. The ICU room was very colorfully done, cartoony kind. All the cubicles in pediatric ICU were decorated from different cartoon themes to the finest details on walls and upholstery. Dhruv's room was featuring Bob the Square Pants. Though a widely popular character among children, it didn't seem to delight him. While they were admitted, through getting aware of the fact that hospital rooms can be fun too, asked his father if he could get a room decorated with honey pictures. The only thing gloomy in the room was, of course, the bed, with steel side railings and a panel for oxygen above the backrest reminding one of being in a hospital. The rest all was fine for Thrope. Anything else you need? The floor manager asked before leaving. Before Nathan could think, Dhruv blurted, Can I have ESPN on this TV? 
Dhruv had already checked the TV and found that channel to be missing. The manager was taken aback. Even Nitin was startled by the abrupt demand and felt awkward and smirked at the manager. We'll have to go check if we can have that, the manager replied. Anything else you require, just press the bell on the bedside panel and someone would come to help you. Thrup was about to open his mouth to say something else when his father stared him down. When the manager was gone, Thrup asked his father if he could get something to eat. He was feeling quite hungry. The opening match of the World Cup was scheduled to be played later that day. While Nitin went through the formalities of admission, a certain dose of eagerness could be palpated in Thrup eyeing the wall clock many a times. The match was to start at 3 p.m. The room had two people, Nitin and Dhruv in it, with contrasting emotions. One swamped by the consternation of his son's condition, and the other was joyous to exhilaration to be able to enjoy the cricket match, even on the hospital bed. One walked in the room grudgingly, while the other stomped past him, snatching his father's laptop and settled on the bed. One was alienated by his son's medical problem while the other didn't even bother. Vagaries were such that despite feeling unfathomed despondency deep inside, Nitin couldn't but put up a genial countenance. The match scheduled for the day was between India and the Minos Bangladesh. Without ESPN, he still could watch it on the laptop of his father because for the first time it was being webcasted on the internet. So one could capture the live telecast of the match. He was interrupted midway through the match though as the nurse came and chided him for staying up late. By the very ambience of it, Dhruv loved the room. This was better done than his own room at home and he had absolutely no qualms shifting here for a few days. The only thing he disliked about the place was the face mask which the nurses and the doctors wore while they entered the room. Even his parents had to wear them whenever inside the room though whenever the doctor or nurse wasn't there he wheedled his mother to take off the mask. His father preferred to have it on, partly because of the risk of infection and partly to hide his emotional volatility. In the next few days at the hospital, Dhruv gradually got an inkling that he was critically sick. The discussions and expressions in the hospital were not covered and no attempt was being made, especially by the nurses, to veil it. He heard his mother cry when talking to a friend of hers. Dhruv got suspicious. Though she tried to avert him, he still felt something was amiss. The World Cup was still in its preliminary round-robin league and Nitin and Kajal spent most of their time with him. Though Nitin was not fond of cricket, yet he sat through whole matches with him, exchanging opinions and comments about the game. Despite his restricted knowledge on the game, it made Dhruv happy and that mattered him more. They intended to be with Dhruv and live each moment of his last few days. The doctor had clearly asserted during one of the counselling sessions as to the inevitability of his downhill medical course and that he as a doctor and his team were doing whatever best they could do. As a doctor, Nitin had spoken the same language many times earlier to his patients and realised how vacuously inconsequential these words were. Dhruv had unmistakably and regrettably deteriorated in the next few days and appeared a shadow of what he used to be. Dark circles had replaced the jaunty smile as the most prominent feature of his face. His hands quivered while he lifted his arms, and his sentences came out in short spurts of breathless phrases. 
Still, the enthusiasm he showed when logging in the match could only be abstrusely explained. Today, India was playing against England and the match lasted late in the night, resulting in a tie. Dhruv got tired watching the match, yet stayed up till the end. He was dejected for India as he always rooted for India's win. The vagaries of win and loss had been beyond the comprehension of his little mind. By now, even the nurses and the doctors allowed him to stay up for the match, as they could easily see that cricket was the only thing which brought him back from his devastated self, even if for a while. As the tournament progressed, the treatment cycles were being administered, much with hope and little with effect. Hoping against hopes, Nitin stuck tenaciously to the treatment schedule, as that gave him his only encourage, even though the blood parameters deteriorated steadily. Watching one high-tension match a few days later, out of sheer excitement, Dhruv's nose started bleeding. Dhruv didn't even notice it, and was brought to everyone's attention only when Nitin came back to the room, after paying a visit to the doctor. To his utter shock, the blood was trickling from his nose to his cheeks to stain some part of even the collar of the shirt he wore. He called up for the doctor immediately. Dhruv's platelets have fallen suddenly and precipitously. He was transfused one bag of platelets urgently and kind of nose packing was to be done before the bleeding stopped, which took two hours to stop. All doctor could give him was advice to be less excited while watching matches. To ask him to stop watching matches would have been depriving him of his last few moments of happiness. Before the World Cup started, Nitin had managed to procure three tickets of the pavilion stands for the final match. Back then, Dhruv was quite stable medically and they hoped they would make it to the match. It was supposed to be a recompense towards Dhruv for all the injections and inconvenience that treatment might have caused him. With the passing days, as the condition deteriorated, all they could do was to hope and pray. And now, with rapidly deteriorating blood counts, that hope was hanging from a very thin strand of destiny, making it difficult for him to live through the World Cup finals. It was the day of the final match, as Nitin and Kardal shoved their way through the aisles of the jam-packed stadium. With people still pouring in, their hearts did not quite follow their feet. They were despaired, dejected, depressed and yet determined to see this match. The ignominy of this, their coming to see a cricket match within a few days of their only son passing away, bore heavily on them. What if anyone known to them bumps into them? How and what will they explain to him and how would he understand? The inability to hold fast in the vortex of ambivalence would make it difficult to live through this. How could they pass the ordeal of watching a cricket match without Dhruv by their side and not end up breaking down in public? This would really be an ordeal of its kind for them for the next few hours. They were perhaps the only spectators in the crowd of 70,000 to whom the galvanizing environment of Vonkhari couldn't enamor. They had come to stay connected to their son one last time, before his presence was removed from them only to exist later in their memories and albums. Memories of a distant far away yesterday, which will keep reminding them of an angel who tiptoed into their life and once happened to be their fellow traveller in this long journey called life. Alas, for a very small time. In every language, there are orphans and widows, but there is no word for the parents who have lost their child. They seated themselves pensively with heavy hearts and misty eyes. 
The deafening noise helped them in drowning the inner chaos. Nitin had always wondered why people come to see the matches in the stadium when they can't recognize players from stands clearly and even replace who weren't there. Nor was the commentary audible, above the ear-splitting cheering. But today, watching the people go in a frenzy and the feeling of getting drowned in it removed such doubts from his mind. It was a long match. In the first half, as the Sri Lankan team was batting, there was still some respite in the uproar. But after the innings break, when Indian openers Sehwag and Tendulkar walked in, cheering became thunderous, with the stadium coming alive with nearly 70,000 people shouting and cheering on top of their voices. Nitin, unwittingly, by the electric atmosphere, was drawn into the match. He, for a few moments, even forgot about his son and the reason why he was sitting there. To Kajal's utter fright, he stood abruptly once and joined the mad people around him cheering. As the match drew towards the end, Dhoni, having taken Sri Lankan bowling cautiously till now, swung his bat. He was the last credible batsman and the Sri Lankans had been quite successful in tightening the noose. The ball struck the bat pretty much in the middle, making a mellow sound of timber, audible even in such a din, and flew toward the boundary of long on, with Sri Lankan player waiting underneath on boundary line, eyes up and hands in front of the chest to catch Dhoni's wicket. The crowd went still. It was all dead silent one moment and then deafening the next. It was such a contrast from the most silent to the loudest roar in just a matter of a delivery that caused Kajal to startle. All three things happened together. The voice of the commentator, it's a sex, raised hands of the empire and the crowd exploding. The stadium was roaring deafeningly. In a few seconds, the roar gave way to fireworks and there was smoke all around. Someone fired a cracker in the row behind Nitin, causing him to jump from the seat. He remained standing and was shouting on top of his voice, becoming one with the ecstatic crowd. Finding herself the only one to be still sitting, Kajal, languidly and waited, stood up. Dho ni, dho ni, the stadium was echoing with one voice. Never had Kajal longed for anything more in her life as to have thrown in her arms here. She could trade her soul to Saturn for this to happen. Even if, for a few moments, she would, she could share what would have become the happiest moment of his life and live it with him. She looked up to the skies. Fireworks adorned the sky all over the place. Shouts of joy echoing around. She too cheered for the love of her son, forsaking her grief to take a first definite step towards coping with her son's loss of what will be an indescribable long journey of survival. Their second innings.